This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to Pressing Matters, the show where we go behind the headlines and explore issues driving the press. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. French President Emmanuel Macron has won a second term in office after securing the majority vote in presidential elections held yesterday. He defeated his right-wing rival, Marine Le Pen, with 58% of the vote, compared to Le Pen's 42%. Macron becomes the first sitting French president to be re-elected in 20 years. Now, he may have won the right of residency in the Elysee Palace for another five years, but how will he tackle the immense challenge of uniting a divided France? For some insights and colour into the presidential race. This morning, I'm speaking to Gabriel Marechaux, the Southeast Asia correspondent for Radio France International. Gabriel, good morning. Thanks very much for joining me. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Now, I know you were up really late last night following the elections as it happened. Give us a summary of the outcome and the data that has emerged from the voting. Well, we just got the final results. So as you said, Emmanuel Macron won by uh, 58.55% and Marine Le Pen lost with 41.45%. Um, um, it quite it is quite similar to what predicted the last poll, but until the last minute, there was still an uncertainty. People reminded the example of Brexit, of Trump election, where you know a surprise was huge. And what triggered the uncertainty in the French context is that uh, French people really wondered how many French people would boycott uh, the election. And actually, almost a third of French voters didn't go to vote yesterday. It is a record since uh, 1969. And if you take that into account, the final result can look quite different. When you look at the figure, when you notice, as you said, that Emmanuel Macron is... Um, going to be the president for a second time. You can feel that, you know, French um, is um, supporting him. But when you look at all the number of people that didn't go to vote, also the number of um, none of the above ballots, which is not uh, counted in the final results, but is still a possibility for French people. If you look at all this, actually only a third of French voters voted directly for Emmanuel Macron. And among them, um, it is like uh, the president himself acknowledged this uh, yesterday in his speech and also on, on some tweets. Um, a lot of people also voted for Emmanuel Macron, but less by, you know, like conviction or, you know, really support for his potential future policy and mm. his la and his past policy, mm. but more because they were afraid of a scenario where Marine Le Pen would be ruling France. Mm. So that 58%, it doesn't really tell the whole story of things. It looks like quite a, a, a strong victory for him. But actually, if you drill down deeper into the results and just the voting patterns, um, he, as mentioned, he is taking over or he is continuing in his role amidst a France that's very deeply divided, a third here and a third there and a third in the middle essentially um could you talk to me about uh, his legacy over the past, over his first term How, what's the French um what are what is French public perception about his policies in the past five years he did oversee a pandemic or he's overseeing a pandemic he's currently overseeing um, a, a European war that's ongoing so how do French people view his leadership um well when Emmanuel Macron came to power five years ago it was uh, quite unprecedented because he created his own party. He was not, it, it was the first time he was elected. He was not like, um, you know, a lot of time you were first the mayor of a city, uh, MP, and then, you know, you climb slowly, but, uh, you know, like uh, um, the latter of a political party. Emmanuel Macron didn't do this at all. So it was quite surprising. Also, you know, a French um, 
a political uh, stage is often featured as the left wing and the right wing, which is, you know, a reminder of uh, French Revolution where, you know, conservatives were seated on the left side and, uh, no, conservatives were seated, sorry, on the right <laughs> side and progressists on the uh, left side. So five years ago, he was someone new, he was young. Um, so he, he appeared to be bringing something like, new. Um, five years after, things are quite different. As you said, uh, his first term was very, um, he um, he had to face a lot of crisis. Uh, we can also think of like uh, the Yellow Jacket mm. movement that protested against uh, uh, fuel taxes and then also uh, wanted more economic justice and political reform. Um, in 2019, we also had a huge um, pension reform strike. It was among the longest strike in French modern history and it was supported by a majority of French people. Mm. Um, so um, he had to deal with a lot of things. And um, what is also striking is so we had exactly the same choice to make uh, uh, yesterday's and five years ago with this uh, uh, last uh, second term with Marine Le Pen and Emmanuel Macron. And these last year, when they were interviewed by polls, French people said uh, that they didn't want this scenario to happen. You know, when Paul asked them, how would you like to the second term of next election uh, to be? Mm. Um, so it seems that French people wanted maybe something new that did not happen. And um, we can also see that if we look at the first, um, first, first round, as it is a two-round election, we can clearly see that French people are more and more divided. <clears throat> there is, for example, um, a generation gap. Um, young people voted mostly for a third man that didn't make uh, to the second term. Um, he was a leftist uh, at the head of a party named Unsubmissive France, and he was very popular uh, among people uh, under 35 years old. Marine Le Pen was the first candidate of middle-aged French, and Emmanuel Macron is very blatantly the first candidate of the elderly, which was a big help for him because elderly people tend to vote more and young people tend to maybe boycott the vote or also uh, don't care about politics. So if you, if you only take the age sociology, you can see that French is quite divided. That is so interesting, Gabrielle, the fact that the elderly are voting for a rather young candidate and that the young people are voting for a much older candidate. I think you're referring to Jean, Jean Mélenchon. Yes, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, yes. I, I, guess, I see him. for pronouncing his name. <laughs> Lucky guess, but I see him as kind of the Bernie Sanders of, of France in a way, because over in America, you had Bernie Sanders from the Democratic Party also uh, garnering a lot of the support among the young. Okay, so uh, divided France. I want to look at Marine Le Pen's following because she has spent the past five years really trying to soften her harsh image. I was, for example, very surprised to learn that uh, she's a lover of cats and she's been trying to portray herself as a cat lady. Um, and although she ultimately lost a vote share of 42%, that's uh, pretty large for a movement that was fringe just five years ago. It was around 20% five years ago. So why do you think she's grown in popularity? You know, Are her policies genuinely supported uh, by her people or is this just a protest vote against Macron? Um, I'll say both. Uh, I believe first, if we look globally, uh, we can like see that uh, in a lot of country, um, nationalism, xenophobia, uh, stigmatization of uh, ethnic or religious minority are increasing. So French is unfortunately not uh, an exception. It is true also that um, her communication changed and she managed to appear as, you know, an alternative to Emmanuel Macron or other candidates that was normal when historically her party has, um, well, 
not being very uh, uh, like normal party. Um, to recall, um, Marine Le Pen is an heir. Her father before her was also a politician that was at the second round in 20, 2002, mm -hmm. 20 years ago. And at this time, it was a huge shock. And, you know, to in French, you know, um, social life, maybe often, you know, saying or claiming you wanted to vote for this party was quite shameful and people tend maybe not to say it. So this has changed a lot. Mm. Um, thanks, uh, I believe, also to her effort to appear as normal, as you said, with all cat picture of Instagram, <laughs> also her passion for gardening that can appear her as friendly and more uh, chill than maybe her father who appeared as a violent man. Uh, she also denied to be um, uh, far right. She doesn't like this label. Um, and, um, and yeah, so she managed quite well to um, let people forget about something, some statements she made in the past and also the history of her political party because uh, it was created by her father and also by another Frenchman that fought with the Nazi army during World War II mm. after World War II was uh, ended in France. This man was sentenced to death for treason and actually spent some time in jail. So, you know, it's really something that in French history is not um, usual at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe also because um, time has passed, young generation maybe care less about um, the history of her political party. Mm -hmm. um, but so, and also we have to, to acknowledge also that she worked and five years ago, there was a debate between her and Emmanuel Macron, and she appeared as quite weak. And it was quite easy for Emmanuel Macron to show her weakness on some technical points. Um, it's, they had another debate last week. Uh, some people also said that Marine Le Pen was still weak, but we can also see that she worked a lot to appear as, you know, uh, someone that can rule friends that have planned to fight against inflation or other things that are uh, a worry for French people today. Mm. I'm speaking to Gabriel Marichaud, Southeast Asian correspondent for Radio France International on the French presidential elections. We'll have more from this conversation after a quick break. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Thanks for staying tuned to Pressing Matters on the Morning Run. With me on the show today is Gabrielle Marichaud, Southeast Asian correspondent for Radio France International, and we're discussing the French presidential elections. Gabrielle, I want to ask you what the atmosphere in France was like in the run-up to the elections. Was this something that was greatly anticipated by the French public? I mean, what, what was the timing of the elections that it was held during the spring holiday period, I understand. Did that affect um, voter turnout and whether people came out to vote or not? Not really, because in France, um, proxy vote is very easy. It's um, so, you know, and you don't have to justify it. If you just want to go on holiday and cannot be uh, uh, where you live uh, to vote uh, on election day, you can just, you know, uh, online and after. Uh, it's very easy. So, I mean, it's not it's not hard to vote. Mm. If people didn't got interested or didn't go to, to vote, it's maybe more um, the sign of a growing frustration and anger. Mm. Um, it was also quite an odd campaign. French people are known to be very much in love of uh, politics and very politicized. Like uh, uh, it's a bit of cliche, but you know, at every uh, holiday, we love to argue and fight. And before Christmas holiday, you have all the French newspaper that are, you know, uh, writing story, like how to win the political debate with your family <laughs> this year. There is also something called the Turkey theory, which is basically that, you know, as people argue a lot uh, around 
Christmas. It's also a key moment to build uh, a political opinion and potentially very important for future elections. So I know like it was not proven social, uh, like um, by science, <laughs> but I know it's something, you know, French uh, politicians are all, you know, very scared of. Mm. Um, so French, French people love to talk about politics. But this year, um, this campaign was rather disappointing um, for several reasons. Uh, COVID made things hard. Also, the war in Ukraine took a lot of uh, our energy and, you know, our, of our, our concerns. So there was maybe less time to talk about the uh, future political uh, presidential campaign. Also, the President Macron said very late that he was going to uh, run for a second term. And it was quite frustrating, both for the media, for his opponents, because uh, there were no debate possible until, you know, he announced he was going to run for a second time. Mm. Um, so for all these things, this political campaign was not very popular, um, seen as quite boring, not very, uh, with not a lot of change also, with the exact same scenarios that happened five years ago for this second term. Um, so... Yes, it was a somewhat not, uh, muted affair, it seems, uh, compared to previous occasions, at least, especially given the fact that he came with such resounding um, public uh, enthusiasm back in 2017. In contrast, I suppose it didn't seem as festive. What about Marine Le Pen? Did, was her campaign a lot more energetic in, in a way? Um. Actually, uh, I believe she, she, you know, like uh, some candidate tried to do as much political meeting as they would. She tried to be maybe more calm um, and to, as I said, you know, she really worked on her image to appear as someone friendly, someone, you know, that is trustworthy. And for this, she had also a big help because we had a new uh, uh, party that uh, was created this year for this campaign um, made and to support the candidacy of uh, a man named Eric Zemmour, who was a former uh, editorialist on TV. And he was he had even more extreme uh, ideas than Marine Le Pen mm. uh, uh, against immigration. Uh, he was condemned several times for racism. Um, and, um, and I believe he's the fact that he was there uh, by comparison, uh, Marine Le Pen ha appeared to be more uh, normal, more calm, mm. and it also helped her um, to 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 gather support around her. I believe. Right, it would gather the more moderates, I suppose, among those who were aligned to to kind of what her policies were. Um, I'm curious about um, the voting patterns that we see from um, France's Muslim population, which has around six million people. It's a sizable demographic. Uh, I would assume that um, most of them would not have voted for Marine Le Pen, I suppose. But are they all supporters of Emmanuel Macron's policies? Um, have, did they come out in force to vote for him? Uh, we'll have, uh, I don't think I have uh, numbers uh, about, you know, uh, the votes of this sociology. Uh, on the first round, it was quite clear that um, French Muslim were supporters of um, the third con the third man of this campaign that we were talking about, uh, Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who is uh, at the head of a leftist party. Um, and uh, and so it will be interesting to see in the following days uh, what Muslim in France did for this second term. Mm. Um, but um, definitely, um, uh, like um, Marine Le Pen, uh, as she's very anti-immigration, is known for stigmatized French Muslim. Mm. Uh, during her campaign, she said, for example, that if she were elected, she would forbid women to wear the hijab on the streets. 
Um, and um, Emmanuel Macron, on the other hand, uh, tried this last week to appear as as, re as respectful of religion belief uh, in opposition of uh, Marine Le Pen ideas uh, and, and, and how she talks mm. about Islam. Mm. Um, and so Emmanuel Macron said uh, last week that uh, Marine Le Pen was crazy to bring such an idea of uh, forbidding women to wear hijab, that it would betray uh, French, universal, uh, French idea of, you know, universalism, sorry, mm -hmm. it's a bit hard to say in English, <laughs> and that it would also be legally impossible because in contradiction with the, the constitution. Mm. Um, so, you know, in like facing Marine Le Pen, uh, Emmanuel Macron appeared to be um, very uh, progressist and very um, supportive of uh, Muslim community in France. Right. Nevertheless, on one of his last interview, uh, Macron did an interview uh, just two days ago, uh, I think, with an online media that is rather popular among French youth and French population from Arabic or African origin. And uh, this media tried to question Emmanuel Macron's um, action against xenophobia and Islamophobia uh, during these last five years. And they tried to highlight that he could have done way more uh, by saying, for example, um, by quoting this figure from a National Consultative Con Commission of Human Rights in France that shows that only in 2020, um, Islamophobic action increased by 52% in French. So we see it's something that, you know, um, mm -hmm. like, as I said, I believe, you know, xenophobia, nationalism, uh, stigmas, to stigmatize uh, Muslim, um, religious or ethnic is something global. But so in France, it, it takes also uh, this kind of... Um, uh, um, reality mm. and uh, and there was also a few years ago a few months ago uh, an article made by the New York Times that shows that more and more French Muslim left France to live abroad because they were sometimes fed up of being stigmatized uh, some of them come to Malaysia actually <laughs> <laughs> well this sounds like an issue that um, it's one that will w an issue Macron needs to tackle in his next five years and I want to ask you about what you see as the three biggest policy challenges for President Macron in the coming term he has five years to sort of cement his legacy um, as leader of France what do you think he will be focusing on well um his first concern will have to be uh, the MP election because in France, uh, MP election and presidential election almost uh, happen, happen almost at the same time. So it will be in June. And since it's at the same time in France, uh, presidents always manage to have a majority of uh, support at the assembly. But this time it, it looked challenging to say the least. So his first maybe concern will to make sure that he can rule with uh, a majority of supports. Um, after this also, um, as I said, so a lot of people voted for Emmanuel Macron, but uh, more to blockade, that's a term used in France, uh, Marine Le Pen ideology. Mm. And thus a lot of people call this type of people the beaver because they built a blockade. And these people uh, that voted for him, um, despite sometimes not agreeing with all his policy, um, if he wants a united France, he'll probably need to thank them and to show that he understood that he was not only elected by people that supported him fully. Mm. Uh, I know that it was quite blatant during the first round and the second round. He tried to attract uh, people that voted for um, parties that had strong measure against climate change. Uh, so he announced few things that sometimes were seen mostly as greenwashing. So he'll have, you know, to show that um, he also can take action. 
Um, so that's uh, a cool uh, environment is something quite big. Mm. Uh, also, um, two topics that are really uh, worrying for French people right now is the inflation, rising of prices, uh, especially in the context of the war in Ukraine that is uh, um, have a lot of consequences. And lastly, also uh, retirement, because uh, Emmanuel Macron announced that he wanted to um, settle the retirement age at 65 years old. It's 62 right now. And this is very unpopular in France. A majority of French don't support this. Uh, it's also interesting to notice that a lot of retired people that are already retired voted for Emmanuel Macron because they won't be, you know, uh, the people that could be concerned by a, a new retirement age. Mm. So he, he wants to pursue with this, uh, but it's probably going to be challenging for him. I believe this could mean a lot of people in the streets as um Uh, as they were in in his first term. It does seem that a lot of the issues um, that he couldn't resolve in the first term will be carried out to the second term. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Gabrielle, thank you so much for sharing your insights into what's happening in France. And we look forward to more conversations, uh, especially as the um, MP elections come up later on this year. I've been speaking to Gabrielle Marichaud, Southeast Asia correspondent at Radio France International. This has been Pressing Matters on The Morning Run. Stay tuned for the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next. BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.